0: Two, one, Hey, hey, hey! Now, welcome everybody to What the Truck on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm Michael Vincent, the dude, and he is Dooner. What's going on, my friend? How are you today?
1: Hey, man. You know, uh, it's a uh, it's a great day, and I am happy to announce something that's been a long time coming. Now, maybe you uh, maybe okay. you want to guess here. What do you think? One of the most requested messages I get on social media is.
0: Oh, that you particularly get. Uh, autographed uh, headshots?
1: Ah, uh, no, not yet. Not yet. We're not there no, yet, Michael Vincent. Right. No, people always, want, <laughs> people always want the swag, right? They always want the material. They always want what we're wearing on the shows. And I'm happy to announce that now. Now, swag.freightwaves.com is a thing, Michael Vincent. That's right. You can get Shirts like this, this What The Truck shirt. We got limited quantities up there. If you're in Chicago at Freight Waves Live, you may have got one of these. These are the uh, 2019 vintage old logo tour shirt back in the day when we were able to, uh, you know, go out. It's got the locations we went to. This actually predates you. But as a lot of people have worn, this is a sho- the softest shirt that they've ever worn. We've also got, uh, what, pullovers, Michael Vincent, right? That's not all. We oh, got yeah. this up. Uh, Absolutely. We got this blue polo. I I, I got a black one on right here. Yeah, this one is made with uh, this this one is a North Face and it's made with soy ink, printed with soy ink. Swag.freightwaves.com. We got hats and we're getting a whole bunch of new goods in there. So if you're excited, you want some Wave shirts, you know, check it out over there.
0: Or golf balls, die cast trucks, beanies. We got all that kind of stuff, bro. I love your old school what the truck shirt, by the way.
1: I I'm looking forward to the new one. I'm looking forward to the new. I'm a much bigger fan of the yeah. new logo. I was trying to change that as soon as I got on the show. Not that I mind the old one. It's just uh, I'm a, you know, big over the top fan. Yeah, I don't
0: get anything. It's pretty awesome stuff, brother. When what? are we going to get some bobbleheads in there? Are We going to get some bobbleheads dooner and the dude bobbleheads? That it, type of thing? Maybe? Is that your uh, no? Is
1: that your top request for the next thing that we would put in the store?
0: Yeah, it would be that or or maybe a a, a what the truck play it forward best of CD.
1: Yes. Or a record like tra- eight
0: track, perhaps put, put on vinyl
1: or VHS. <laughs> well, anyways, go to swag that get them while I'm hot and get them, get them. while they're uh before they shut down the USPS. Right. Yeah, they better.
0: <laughs> I, well, yeah, we'll talk about that, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, <laughs> get it, get it, get them while they're hot. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great stuff because people ask me for the swag all the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So get over there and get it. It's good stuff. And there'll be more, even more cool, more hip things that will be in there. Soon.
1: Haley Wilson says couldn't be, be awesome. Haley Wilson says couldn't be more excited. Everyone will be more stylish with Duner Swag. I agree. Scott Dudley says, cool, swag, and Robert Brucey says, swag it up. Thanks for joining us in the comments today, by the way, guys. Uh, we have to tip the band. Triumph Pay partners with brokers and shippers to process carrier payments. With nearly 80,000 carriers paid, Triumph Pay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. That's right. With Triumph Pay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to brokers directly from anywhere. To learn more, tell them, Michael Venta...
0: Visit TriumphPay.com immediately after the show. Soon as we're done, the music stops. Go to TriumphPay.com. These now, are ha- my friends over there. They're awesome.
1: Now Haley Wilson, she says, we'll buy Bobblehead that plays a What the Truck mixtape. What if we have like Teddy Ruck spins of us? That's awesome.
0: That's not bad. All right. That's not bad at all. Let's, I
1: love it. Let's get to the headlines. Let's do that. All right. Oh, before we do, you sent me a, a new clip. You sent me a new clip. This has nothing to do with the news, but it's too funny not to play it because I was listening. Well, I was listening to the clip you sent me. Something was playing on Twitter, so I just combined them together.
2: Senator Kamala Harris yeah. said she would change the dietary guidelines of this country to reduce the amount of red meat Americans can eat. Well, I've got some red meat for you.
0: We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut
3: America's meat.
1: I don't know where you fall on the political spectrum, but that is funny either way. That's actually probably the best cut that meat since Peyton Manning did a Subway commercial.
0: I don't disagree with you. I think it's perfect. And you've got that kind of creepy, eerie little lick going on behind it as we descend into complete political stupidity.
1: That's your own uh, That's your own play at Ford, by the way, Yeah, uh, for the listeners. Michael Michael Vincent, he plays a little, uh, yeah, little bass, a little guitar. He gets in the Pro Tools, and he gets it done. All right, here's uh, the first news story. Amazon Post self-deliver re-record in July, consultancy says. That's right. Marky Mark Solomon, he reports Amazon.com self-delivered two-thirds of its U.S. parcels in July, nearly 12 full percentage points ahead of 2019 levels, and an all-time monthly record for the e-tailing shipping and logistics giant, and that's a According to the consultancy firm Shipmatrix.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, they surged past their former partner, FedEx Corp, in total July volumes, according to Shipmatrix. Amazon handled 450. 15 million shipments last month, while FedEx handled 311 million. Shipmatrix uh, Ship said the U.S. Postal Service, USPS, handled 701 million shipments, while UPS Incorporated moved 481 million, according to the uh, Ship Matrix data, their uh, dooner. So
1: of watch out for Amazon. Of Amazon's July delivery total, 274 million parcels were self-delivered. All four carriers re- recorded, strong double-digit volume across uh, in the second quarter and extending into July. Amazon's quarterly volumes grew 47.9% year-over-year year, while its self-delivered volumes rose a whopping 90.4%. They're really taking control of their own supply chain, their own deliveries here. Of the other three carriers, USPS, been the news a lot, recorded by far the highest volume growth during both periods. Dude, question for you, though. The, this is coming up a lot. The USPS is a service, right? So why, when we talk about it, do we say the USPS lost billion. We don't really do that with the military or other services that taxpayers help us provide.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 100% true, but here, here's the thing, Dooner, is, is a lot of people remember the USPS as as a service, and it was established as a service, and it's still obligated by law to service all Americans, regardless of, of where you live or anything like that, and it has to be a homogenous service and price, meaning the price and the service needs to be equal across the boards. But in 1970, it was reorganized as an independent agent, and since the early 80s, the uh, Reagan era, uh, there's... there's... There's been a lot of uh, a lot of reduction or elimination of a lot of the tax subsidies that go directly into that independent agency now and so even though they have exclusive rights to the mailboxes, they're forced to compete with, with private enterprise like your FedExes, etc. Uh, going in there and And that would be the reason why we, we look at what they're making, what they're not making, right? Because there still is some subsidy there but it's a much less. It's an independent agent. Yep. It's not just a straight out service anymore. Got
1: so David Rothkeef on Twitter, he says, so he's talking about this whole mail-in thing and, and how USPS can enhance their networks. So he says so UPS, FedEx, big opportunity here just offer to deliver an election ballot for free or honor the postage on it and get it there by election day you'll overnight become the most beloved and respected organization in america go on it's the right thing to do unfortunately ups clarified why they can't do that they said uh USP, only usps can it can uh, mail can move around lawfully issued postmark goods so it wouldn't even be legal for them to do it but you know a nice thought
0: yeah, well, yeah. The ballots have to be uh, required to be uh, postmarked, right, for them to be counted as legal.
1: Amazon cuts ties what? with Amazon cuts ties with more delivery providers. We got to keep moving, Michael. We got a lot of content to get to. Amazon cuts right ties. On, bro. Amazon cuts ties with delivery providers. More than 1,700 delivery drivers who work for small logistics companies in the Northeast found out in early August that they will lose their jobs over the next few months. Though Amazon Inc. said the drivers will have opportunities for other positions with its delivery partners.
0: Yeah, right. Approximately 1,300 delivery drivers across the country who worked for small and medium-sized logistics companies that had contracts with Amazon.com found out in mid-February they would lose their uh, jobs in April, though Amazon said they will have opportunities for other positions uh, with its partners. In February, an Amazon spokesman cited a range of issues in its decision to cut ties with some of those logistics providers, Duner.
1: Brian Ritchie says, what's up, Timothy Dooner and the dude, Michael Vincent. Happy Friday. Let's get it. Let's get it to you, too. Let's talk right about, out. can these people get their jobs back? Well, uh, back then, an Amazon spokesperson was talking about what Michael just said. He said, prior to launching the Delivery Service Partner Program to empower entrepreneurs to build their businesses with Amazon, we contracted with a number of small logistics companies. Some of these companies have not met our bar for safety, performance, or work conditions, and we're in the process of exiting them from the program. So can be shaky ground a tough spot to build your business under someone else's like Amazon, especially when we've seen some of these big cuts and these severed relationships.
0: Well, you have. I mean, they're, they're taking the spin that it's, it's safety there. And, you know, I, I, for, for the reduction, and I don't know if that pans out in the article. You can read it on FreightWaves.com, but you, you look at that. Uh, they do cite some safety violations. If that's a mask, I don't know if it's a smokescreen or not, what, what is going on. But I find it very interesting, Dooner, that in 2018, I was asked by CNN on, a, on an interview if Amazon was going to compete in the logistics space. I gave them
1: a three-word answer. They already are. And that was in
0: 2018. <laughs>
1: Hey, let's uh, let's get Adam Robinson on the line. Let's find out what's on the radar in Sonar. Right on. On the radar. Presented by Sonar. All right, now we've got Adam Robinson on the line. He is a recent uh, inductee into this Freight Waves Hall of Fame here, the Annals of Freight Alley. Hey, Rob, what is up, my man?
4: Hey, how you doing, Dooner? Great to be here. Doing fine on a Friday. Made it to the weekend.
1: Well, Michael, A-Rob, you're both coming at a good time because spot rates are on pace to break 2018 records, that ephemeral year. And, you know, in 2019, I remember people keep saying, let's not talk about 2018 anymore. Let's not talk about 2018 anymore. Well, we are again because the DHL Supply Chain Pricing Power Index is at 80, favoring the carriers. What do we got over here? Uh, Volumes are remaining uh, well above 2018-2019 levels, 20%, 25% range. So gentlemen, tell me what's on the radar. Let's start with you, Adam Robinson.
4: Well, you know, uh, pretty important metrics to look at. If I was a shipper uh, or a freight broker trying to procure transportation today, I would probably want to understand what is going on in the market a little bit better than just the data I have inside my own company. And the reason we're going to do that is because we're heading into continued negotiation around stimulus talks. So People are going to continue to buy things. Savings are at an all-time high. Back to school is not going to be as you know, impactful as it has been in years past, but we're quickly getting into the holiday season. You know, We went from quarantine lockdown in March, and it's already August, and time is going to go quickly. So if you're not looking at the data, uh, especially using sonar, if you're a shipper and understanding those intricacies by lane, it's going to be really tough to you know, plan for your financial exposure for the last quarter of the year. So it's just better to look at the data because those kinds of things are going to become critical and they're going to come up quick.
1: Michael, give us some color commentary. What what in the data should we be looking at, especially as we move into next week?
0: Oh, man. Well, you, you've got to be looking at uh, uh, the O T B I and the o Obviously, you've got to be looking at, at, at that as a tactical oh, and, and near term f- 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 of thing. Hold on hold, you, on.
1: hold on. Hold on, Michael. No, wait, no, no acronyms here. No acronyms. So the outbound tender. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Outbound tender volumes, your tender volumes, number of loads being issued by market and across the United States and the tender rejections. As that goes up, it shows you that the capacity is tightening, right? and puts that upward pressure on the rates. So you got to be looking at that and it breaks it down by market and lane. So be looking at that for, you know, through into next week, you can understand exactly where freight is moving to. And then that's where the capacity is going to be if you're a shipper or a broker, et cetera. So you can see those trends and look at where to look at. But You've also, as and I, I echo and, and could not agree more with, with Adam, is you've got to look at the other disparate data that's inside there, the economic data, the imports movements, the rail uh, movements, intermodal movements, etc., and where they're moving around this country and from what markets, and you can see those commodities as well. You've got to understand what is going on right now, because you've got fragmentation of the markets all over the place.
1: So, Adam, right now, the outbound tender reject index, that's the OTRI, it suggests that one in every 5 contracted loads is being rejected rates pushing towards uh towards an upwards of two dollars a mile excluding fuel actually i just saw some um, some quotes people have been sharing on twitter that all this stuff is starting to make social media now because the rates are starting to get really exorbitant so people are like wow moving from california to wisconsin is like ten thousand dollar load uh what what can we action in sonar now to to help insulate ourselves from from this because it looks like there's no end in sight at the moment
4: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of, I think you got to expect a lot of lead time um, and you got to plan for that. And you got to set the expectations with your customer, whether you're a broker who's helping out a shipper, you need to explain that, but you need to be able to back it up, right? It's all about transparency. You know, and some shippers don't have all of their business with one broker. They, They split it up. So if I was a broker, if I can lead with that data and kind of inform my shipper of what's going on and kind of let them know, hey, if we look at these lanes, perhaps, you know, we can... You know, go outside our routing guide. Maybe we need to start looking at consolidation efforts or deconsolidation efforts. Maybe LTL is cheaper. Maybe we should start looking at providing more transportation providers to your network. And it's those kinds of details in conjunction with other things within Sonar, right? It's all about having a holistic view of the market today. It's not just about, you know, tender rejections on the outbound side or the inbound side. We've put together this ocean shipments report that is now talking about, How much volume is coming into the ports from, you know, whether it be Long Beach or over in Miami, Uh, it also does it by carrier. And so you can kind of start to get an indication uh, by putting all of that together. What are the volumes going to look like for me by my lanes that matter and plan accordingly?
0: yeah uh, can I add on to that Duner? adam adam couldn 't agree couldn 't agree more again I, I know that you and I see eye to eye on the on this and using those disparate databases. Two things that you talked about there is is ltl cheaper and to think that what we have inside and what sonar offers is only for truckload uh, you 're sorely mistaken. LtL can gain a lot of information in this when you start seeing these out to up on tender rejections and this truckload rate. Spot skyrocket like it is right now. That's when shippers start breaking up their shipments and into what are called spot market volume contracts, and start sending that out LTL when they can't find the capacity or the price starts hitting a certain certain mark, they start sending those out. And LTL carriers need to be wary of this, leery of this uh, uh, going on because it can hurt your revenue and your bottom line when you get too many of these things because they're priced by LTL carriers to fill cube to move freight. Freight moves freight in LTL. That's the golden rule. And you got to watch that pricing. The other thing is the ocean shipments, et cetera, We've always, well, we haven't always, but we've had for quite some time the customs data, and you can see what's coming through those ports and what markets they're going to and the different types of commodities that are there. This new ocean uh, uh, dashboard that we have inside there is giving you bookings, and when you look at that, you'll see specific trends. Now, if you see a downward trend, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be fewer imports because that fluctuates. You're showing you the bookings today and the bookings five days out, one day out, two days out, a couple weeks out. That's showing you stuff that's not even on the water yet, the bookings of the TEUs that are coming in and shipments as well. So you can start to get a feel for what those trends are on specific lanes uh, from port to port, country to port, et cetera.
1: Boys, we've been talking about this volume escalation since May. We kicked it off with the debate with Zach Strickland and Craig Fuller. Um, I was just looking at the like the Paul Page logistics report and another report that the uh, a a certain legacy paywalled media site put out. These guys got to stop reading old newspapers. You know, they got to stop reading that stuff because we've been talking about this stuff for over a month, and they're just now like, oh wow, where did
4: all these volumes come from?
1: Get sonar, right? What's the deal?
4: (laughs) That's right. You know, and I think just like Wayne Gretzky famously said, and uh, I quip all the time. You want to skate to where the puck's going to be. And if I'm a freight market participant today, the, the best way to do that is to be data driven, to be guided by what you may see in the future. And, you know, the dude kind of alluded to this. You can see the next few days when it comes to that ocean shipments report. But one of the things that we're constantly doing is adding in more data. You know, and what that does is it allows our machine learning and artificial capabilities and predictive capabilities to kind of start looking at, um, and especially with our new lane scorecard feature, a line item view of your most critical lanes and what those rates might be. And so, if you're a carrier using it, it powers you for maybe some mini bid negotiations that come your way or your traditional bids, or if you're a shipper just the ability to better plan those mini bid sessions or, or a broker to guide your shipper customer. So again, it's all about the data and predicting where you're going to go. Hey, Adam, thanks
1: for bringing us on the radar and these insights and nuggets in Sonar. We look forward to having you on the show quite often making this a, a permanent segment. You know, you have a, some people may not know this, but a lot of other people do. You are quite the accomplished podcaster. You did a podcast for quite some time before joining Freight Waves and uh, you know, our, our roster's pretty deep here, but we'll get you off the bench soon enough. And we actually got you- out of the pen, throwing some, uh, some pitches out here, really enjoying it. <laughs> Adam, how do people connect with you, though, and learn more during the week? They have their sonar questions answered, all those kind of insights.
4: Yeah, you can always uh, you know hit me up on LinkedIn. Just look me up there, but uh, also join me on Twitter, Adam Robinson CDM, and you know go to the Sonar blog. We're really starting to put some good information out around uh, how we see the market and the true market rate, not the spot or contract debate that is endless. But we're also going to be talking about mini bid season coming up and how you can use data if you're a retailer or CPG focus broker or shipper, um, you know, to help you succeed this holiday season. So. Good information and love to talk to you about anything about that out there. So hit me up. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for your time today. Take it easy, brother.
1: You too. Thanks, bro. Adam. Wow. Always good stuff. Out of stuff. Out of, always good stuff out of Adam Robinson. But now we're going to have a really interesting segment with Andy Hedra. He's, uh, he's of TK7. He's co-founder over at TK7 Products. They, uh, they have some Hi. green freight initiatives going on, but he also has some really cool, important causes going on, and he's going to play it forward for us. So I'm going to dial him up right now. All right. Yeah. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. What a groove. The line's burning. It's burning for you. Hello, this is Andy. Hey, Andy, what's up, man? The line is burning for you. Pizza Man's at the door. We're playing the funk for 10 good minutes, brother. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, Andy, just uh, before we play it for, before we play your video clip, we got one we got one queued up, but just real quick, just introduce yourself, give us a little elevator pitch on you, the man in the company.
2: Okay. So my name is Andy Hedrick. I'm the co-founder of TK7 Products. We help companies reduce their fuel consumption by 10 to 20 percent, reduce emissions coming off the engine by 50 percent, and um, we're helping companies save money on fuel and repairs. That's what we do.
1: Perfect. Okay, now we got a clip of you playing it forward. We'll play that, and then we'll talk about it. Production, could you please roll the tape?
2: Hey, dinner. Hope you're doing well. This is an exclusive just for you. Nowhere else on the Internet. Uh, During the darkest days of the pandemic, I wrote a song, and it's called Glad You're Here With Me. I just wanted to say thank you to all the truck drivers, the warehouse workers, the business owners, the executives, everybody that had to make major changes, overcome obstacles, You know, your resilience is really nothing short of amazing. And I just wanted to say thank you. So I wrote a little something. I haven't done anything with it. But here it is, and I hope you guys like it.
1: Andy, all right, breaking out the keys, man. Breaking out the keys. Hold on, real, <laughs> real quick, though, we have a couple people in the comments here. Uh, Hope White says, it's Friday. Rusi says, hey, Rhonda. Yes, indeed, it's a great day. Jonathan A. Payne says, Adam Robinson's a great addition to the team. And Aaron Dunn says, happy to be here. Oh, and Steve Lee, I think you may know him. He says he loves the dancing, and Andy is awesome. I love this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Steve is a good friend of mine going back to the fourth grade, and yeah. he works with our company. So thanks, steve
1: well, I will tell you how awesome Andy is. Andy could come on. He could promote his company. He could talk all about it. I mean, he already did the play it forward, but he told me, you know what? I have two great initiatives going on, and I want to talk about those first in the limited amount of time we have. So let's focus. Let's focus on those. I'll always have you back on to talk about TK7 because I think these two things that you're really focusing on are super important. Uh, one of them is that Sierra Leone GoFundMe page. Tell us about it. Why are you doing it? What's it about?
2: Right. So, my wife and I, about uh, 12 years ago, started getting involved in children's support of education and food programs. Met a guy by the name of Abraham Siafa from Sierra Leone. He lives in Philadelphia. He became a citizen in 2019. And he uh, told me about a really dire need in Sierra Leone. The ports closed because of COVID, and 52% of the population lives below the poverty line. They don't have money for food. So, I can't imagine coming home to my family and saying, I'm sorry, guys, we can't eat today. You know, it's gut-wrenching. So we decided to go ahead and launch a campaign. Uh, our company, along with my wife and I, donated the first $1,400, and we have a $10,000 goal, which would feed 4,000 families with staple food items. So it's on my uh, LinkedIn page, on our company, uh LinkedIn page, as well as our company Facebook page.
0: That is tremendous stuff, uh, <laughs> Andy. I... I... The, the the importance of of this stuff, and this is not just in Sierra Leone. It's 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 all over the place, right?
2: Right, absolutely. It's happening all over the place. Uh, my wife and I are involved in actually seven different countries right now, providing education and food resources. Uh, Sierra Leone, Uganda, Mexico, Tanzania, Ecuador, Ethiopia, and Togo. We have a goal to sponsor a thousand kids with food and education. And uh, we're at 15 so far, but this is part of it. You know, there's needs all over the place where we can actually help. So why not get involved in helping some people?
1: Andy, you're on something that is also near and dear to me as someone with a three and five year old boys. Uh, any parent, um, well, who doesn't abuse their children, or doesn't aid in child abuse can get behind this one. Tell me what you're doing with the ATTACA.
2: Yes. So they actually came alongside of us and did a $525 donation to that East, uh, Sierra Leone project. I got to know, uh, Rodney Tim, the founder of all truckers together against child abuse. Uh, he was abused as a child, has written multiple books, uh, has an organization. He also is the founder of Western Flyer Express. They have about a thousand uh, trucks. Well, he came alongside of me. I had the great pleasure of talking with him for an hour. Um, What they're doing is billboards, awareness, truck wraps, uh, and advocacy to end this cycle of child abuse. Frankly, the numbers are astonishing. If you go to attaca.org, the About page shows some of the statistics on child abuse in this country, and it's appalling. And Taylor Barker, who's been on your show, uh, he's the national spokesperson, a great musician. He's become a friend of mine. So, um, you know, Taylor's out there spreading the word. Rodney, Tim, and his wife Jill, of course, donated uh, to help kids basically have food. Uh, Unfortunately, when there is poverty, there's a lot of other problems. Uh, Alcoholism, depression, and unfortunately, child abuse. So he said, you know what, I can come along to you, Andy. Help with that. And, you know, and I told him, I would love to promote you. So that's what I'm doing is essentially promoting all truckers together against child abuse to get the word out and to advocate for these kids that are really in need.
0: That, two excellent, excellent causes and married together. Hopefully they can they can make a difference. And uh, I personally will be uh, visiting those sites and, and helping. And hopefully everybody else was. It, it does it not strike you as... Hopefully, we will realize that we don't need a crisis like COVID to understand that there's people in the world, like in Sierra Leone, and children that are starving, et cetera.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's something we've been involved with for quite a while, so we've seen it firsthand. Uh, you know, what, before I forget, I want to say a big thank you to Duter and the Dude for bringing this up on air. Uh, And for all of our friends, if you go to that GoFundMe page for Sierra Leone, you're going to see people that you know go ahead
1: sorry no i was giving you a little cowbell i was giving you a little appreciative cowbell for uh for for the shout out there you know adam robinson said he's going to be screen capping this for future memes though so we're gonna have to look out for that and matt Henning said uh sadly child abuse is skyrocketing with everyone shut in due to covid yes spousal abuse too i think people just spending too much time around each other you gotta you gotta keep it cool you know you gotta you gotta keep it cool you gotta keep it level with the the kids in the house don't 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 hit your wife or your spouse or your significant other or your children. I mean, we're all in this together, you know, and there's an awful thing. There's an awful thing on the news where that five year old got shot with a gun. I mean, that was like horrifying to read for especially someone with a five year old. There's like you no know, people out there are like I. I used to be able to watch like true crime shows and all of those things. Then I had kids, and it like turns on this weird empathy switch. It was like an emotion I've never felt before, and I can't watch any of that stuff anymore. It is like it's so powerful and so impactful when you understand the experience that young children go for go through, and you learn that mostly by being by being and living with them. I'm not sure if you gentlemen had similar experiences in your own fatherhood. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ken, go ahead, dude. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm I'm sorry. No, Andy, go ahead, please.
2: Well, you know, we have two kids, um, and of course, there's stress. But with COVID and poverty and shutdown, that stress level, I think, goes up. And we got we got to you know figure out a way to get the word out and then get some help to the the families as well, right? So there's other things to do besides abuse your children when you're stressed, and there are many other things you can do. Andy, you know, yeah. go
1: Andy go exercise.. I'm going to give a little cowbell. I'm going to give a little cowbell for that. I got go talk to some uh, I got go talk to some robots. We'll have you back on in a couple weeks though so we can actually talk about what TK seven does. Some of the green initiatives do it, all those awesome things. But in the meantime, where can I send everybody?
2: Uh, our LinkedIn uh, page of TK seven product, or my profile, Andy Hedrick, on LinkedIn, we also have a Facebook page for TK seven product.
1: Andy, you're a good man. Thank you for playing it forward, and thank you for using this segment to spread the, the message that you're doing here with two great causes.
2: Thank you, guys. You're awesome.
1: Take it easy, man. Wow. Thank you, Andy. Wow. You know, I, I'm glad we get to use this platform, though, to really get inside supply chain. We have other shows that, that talk. I mean, we talk a little bit about data on here. We did On the Radar. Uh, we get to talk about the news, but I feel like we really get to get behind the people and, and what drives supply chain, the people who make these decisions, uh, leaders in companies who really make things happen.
0: Yeah, and it's really nice to, to, to get behind the scenes of, the, of these leaders and find out just how human they are and how much they do care about things and how much the industry does care uh, about what's going on. And I just want to echo one thing that he said. There's plenty of other things that you can do uh, than abusing your child, quite obviously. But one of the things that we need to work on is, is removing the stigma of, hey, you're stressed. You're allowed to go ask for help.
1: Yes, sir. And now we got TJ Fanning on the line from SVP's VP of growth over at SVP Robotics He's over in Newport News, Virginia, I believe. TJ, thank you for joining us. Uh, You might have been a little confused. You were on the line. We were talking in our other segment. One of the companies we were talking to, they're bringing uh, awareness and fundraising through uh, through a trucking organization about child abuse. Yeah,
5: no problem. That's great. Thanks for having
1: us. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So I know you, we have a little bit of v, uh, video and B-roll to play. So we'll play that in just a 2nd it We'll show what your, some of your products at work. But before that, just what's an elevator pitch on SVT Robotics? What do you What do you folks do over there?
5: Yeah, definitely. So uh, obviously, there's a changing marketplace with manufacturing as well as supply chain logistics. And what we really do is provide simplicity, velocity, and transparency to the integration of robotics across enterprise applications. Nice. Um, and we do that through pre-built soft bots. Uh, features and functionalities that allow customers and integrators to deploy robotics extremely fast, sometimes in hours instead of the months that we traditionally see on the market.
1: Man, and people who have been watching this show, they'll notice that this field is just exploding. We are—we're talking to companies on all different corners. Whether it be Six River Systems with Chuck, or Optimal Dynamics doing the AI, or uh, or Vince over there in, in Boston with what his team is doing with robots. But let's see what your team is up to. Let's play the video really quick and let's take a look. Yeah. Wow, so TJ, you're you're so you CEO and co-founder, A.K. Schultz. He told FreightWaves a little while ago in an article that company was founded in 2018, and one of the reasons was the disparate, highly fragmented technological environment that's coming with robots. Is that because of all these different companies and services coming together? Where do you fit into this equation, and what's the issue?
5: Yeah, I mean, if you see the video that uh, we just showed, um, the reality is is that there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 350 to 400. 400- New technologies today specifically focused on the warehouse and potentially a back room of a store. And the challenge is that many of these are point-to-point solutions. So you mentioned a number of them earlier out of the Boston market like uh, Vecna Robotics and Right Hand and some of the ones that you see in our video. And a lot of them are really amazing at what they can do in regards to picking up and placing something down or transferring an item from one point in a building to another but the challenge is how do you connect everything together all the way back to your ERP or your enterprise or your WMS applications, right? And typically what happens is uh, you develop a solution and that solution then requires some custom integrated code to be able to communicate across all of these subsystems. And we've completely eliminated that by using our SoftBot platform, which has a configuration tool that allows you to do drag and drop connectivity across any of the technology that's available within our platform. And so the video just highlights a number of our partners that actually have technology in the lab. Um, but we've, of course, we've also deployed a number of solutions out into the field, supporting some three party, third party logistics providers and also some manufacturing lines with AMRs, uh, pick and place robotics, light directed picking, augmented reality. Um, a number of solutions that really helped optimize the effectiveness of the warehouse workers and or manufacturing operators.
0: That's really interesting stuff, TJ. And so if I'm understanding correctly, just to reiterate you're connect, you have all these different disparate technologies and you could have several of them or more inside one warehouse or one manufacturing facility. So you're allowing or making it easier for you to connect all those together. Correct.
5: Exactly. I mean, so maybe I'll give you a real simple example of uh, a use case that we regularly would deploy. Um, I'm sure historically everyone's heard of drones flying a building to perform a cycle count. And traditional drone cycle counting, uh, the, the OEM, the original equipment manufacturer, puts a drone into the facility they fly the building, and their export is actually typically a CSV file or an Excel file that shows the UPC that they found in every location. And then somebody at the facility has to export the data from their WMS and do a cross-comparison using a VLOOKUP or some other format to validate where the disconnects were or the uh, wrong freight from what we logically see uh, to what the drone actually was able to capture sometimes by the time you have done all of that, really you've lost the true nature of what happened on the floor, because that may have been an hour to two hours, and maybe that freight's already moved again. But to deploy a drone in our solution is actually just a simple two-click application. Uh, You pick the drone provider that you would like to use out of our SoftBot store. You pick the WMS provider that you're currently using. And now we can automatically subscribe that data across both platforms. So the drone, instead of giving you a CSV file, now the drone tells you the items that it found that were not matching the logical location. And it's that fast to deploy a a single technology. And of course, as you get more complex in technologies, maybe you're wanting to deploy some conveyor to a goods to person solution, uh, to a light-directed picking, a robotic piece-picking application, uh, and maybe some AMRs all in the same facility. And we can use the same technology to deploy all of those and or add or replace those technologies through proofs of pilots, um, And as your business grows, maybe you want to change how those technologies work. All of that can be done in the configuration tools that we provide that we call softbots.
1: Matt Hennig, he says, people that complain robots are taking jobs away have never had an injury caused by repetitive motion. Wow, I know the feel on on that one. Um, resistance towards robots, though, that's kind of dwindling away, especially in warehousing. In fact, COVID-19 has accelerated demand. So what is the turnaround time For a project like this, I imagine people integrating all of these systems at once are now realizing, wow, we have all of these systems at once. It sounds really quick to plug these in. What does it take?
5: Yeah, so I'd say, of course, in some cases, the robotic technology is actually the long lead time, uh, depending on if it's in manufacturing or not. But as you mentioned, many of the robotic solutions are now being staged on a shelf in inventory somewhere. Uh, Partners like Fetch, Mir, Lopad and others have vehicles on the shelf readily available. So when things like COVID happen um, and all of a sudden you're really limited on the workforce that's available, especially as we come into this year's peak period of holiday merchandise, you may need to deploy automation in sometimes a week to two weeks. And previously, you wouldn't have been able to do that without somehow developing this custom code. So really, we now are able to deploy this technology in about an hour provided that we've pre-built those softbots on behalf of the market, which is our our traditional methodology.
1: Wow, quicker than the cable guy, quicker than the cable guy. So how far away are we from uh, just the the, the full robot warehouse, the personless warehouse just being, I guess, run remotely through a a mother brain system like your own?
5: Yeah, so I think we're slowly migrating that direction. Um, There's a number of hurdles that still need to overcome, but the market is rapidly migrating in the direction of technology and sensors becoming more relevant. Um, cheaper and also more accurate. Um, and based upon that technology continuing to develop, uh, ultimately we'll see the ROI and the justification accelerate. And of course, with challenges associated with COVID and some other things, I think we're seeing more of a market shift towards different styles of buildings. How do we use retail space as a fulfillment center? How do we use the back room of a store better and reduce the inventory on the shelf? Grocery e-com picking and omni-channel, of course, right? The retailers, apparel companies traditionally have had a hard time supporting their volume growth in fourth quarter peak. And imagine this year with many of their stores still being limited in capacity and the volume that will be pushed through their e-com networks, they will have to leverage solutions from Kindred and Right Hand and others to be able to just keep up with the demand that's out there.
0: Excellent stuff, TJ. I've got a ton more questions that I'd love to love to ask you, uh, and I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. Um, thanks for being on the show, but where can people go to uh, learn more about what you're doing there and, and possibly ask you questions about what's going on?
5: Sure. So we do have a website, uh, SBT Robotics, Simplicity, Velocity, Transparency, SBT sbtrobotics.com. Uh, but, of course, when you get to that website, you will find that there's a limited amount of information as we continue to prepare and uh, build out the number of softbots that we have. We're happy to also further discuss with users as well as integrators because, um, ultimately, we, we really work with partners, OEMs, as well as integrators and end users. And they can always contact us at sales at svtrobotics.com.
1: Thanks, TJ. We appreciate your time today. Big, big movements going on in the uh, the robot field over here, Michael Vincent.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yes, there are. It is uh, one of those things that is is uh, been accelerated and probably a good thing that it is.
1: Well, you know what? Big news happening uh, on the Fortnite Apple fighting. Now we're going to talk to a millennial and see, uh, see how much it matters to uh, to this millennial Aaron Dunn at PDQ.
5: This is the Google assistant. Can I ask what you're calling about?
1: Uh, I am calling to talk to Aaron Dunn on. What's why up, did he give up? me this number, Aaron? Why did you give me a number that is Google <laughs> answering for it? Jeez, like what a millennial move. At least, so most millennials don't even answer their phones. So at least you, uh, at least you picked it up, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that thing
3: helps me out more often than you think.
1: Now, have you been able to function ever since Fortnite and Apple started feuding? Definitely. That's a, that's a Gen C thing, man. I know. I People don't realize that like millennials are parents now. They're, they're in their thirties and late twenties. They're not, they're not like, they're not 14 years old. Exactly. We got to
3: shake off this. We, we got to shake off the, uh, the stigma. Do you, think that, old people
2: now.
1: do you think that that's why it's, it? you know, people always talk and you even have a show. You have a podcast called uh, Trucking for Millennials, right? Why did you decide to key in on on millennials and, and make that conversation happy? Is it because of all the misconceptions? Like, I'm always a little like I mean, people put a lot of things on LinkedIn. Sometimes I'm like, dude, you know, your name and your job is there. But I'm always especially surprised when they attack younger people. It's like, don't you plan on hiring people? What is wrong with you? You're a hiring manager, CEO attacking like millennials. Like, it's an entire world workforce. What is wrong with you?
3: Yeah, exactly. And there's a headline just recently that said that millennials are 50% of the entire country now. So it's not like it's a, it's a, it's a niche or anything like that. And it's definitely not going away. Um, I joined PDQ, uh, last year when Michael kind of pitched the idea to me and said, Hey, I want to start this podcast, uh, called trucking for millennials. And, uh, it kind of rang with me because, you know, one thing that our generation uh, doesn't do is think about trucking. You know, I don't think enough people in any generation really thinks about trucking enough and how essential of a business it is, but you know, it it just, when, when those, you, you pair those two things together, I just thought it was a really interesting uh, concept. And, you know, uh, our company, our, we're an asset life freight brokerage, and uh, we've got, you know, young people in our ranks. So we're all millennials over here. So we made the show for us, but we also made it because we wanted to highlight uh, all the other uh, people in our age demo that are out here doing it. You know, Uh, there's a lot of hustlers in in our industry, in our generation.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting stuff, Aaron, and a a good cause, you know, it's like you said, nobody thinks about trucking, et cetera, until you have a situation like we're in right now, obviously uh, bringing it to the forefront, but, Uh, I've been in it for 33 plus years now. Um, I wanted to say less, but 33 plus years. And, you know, it's never been like a really sexy place. And it's not where the top minds would, you know, be it uh, a a, a, in computer science, et cetera, would say, oh, man, I really want to go work for this trucking company. But that's not the case anymore. Do you guys talk about those type of things of where those kind of the sexier tech jobs, et cetera, are actually there in the trucking industry?
1: Well, Michael, we were just talking about robotics, right? I mean, uh, just just to put a little color to this as well, Aaron, we were just talking. We've been talking about robotics on this show past four or five episodes and uh, right before before the show i had a professor at a at a university reach out to me ask if he could come on to the show he saw we did supply chain education so things are rapidly changing on how we sell the supply chain to people and i think freightways is a part of that and what you're doing with pdq is but yeah back to michael's question can you answer that
3: yeah totally well i, I agree with you you know that but but uh, one thing i will say is that you know technology robotics You know, anytime we think sexy and trying to appeal to the younger generation, you it's so easy to kind of knee jerk and go to, you know, video games like you started with or uh, all these new technologies, which, you know, those are all exciting, especially for younger people, because they're going to be the first adopters. But you know what I like? My perspective is what sexy is, you know, you can make, you know, trucking sexy in general. It's still an awesome job. Uh, freight brokering is sexy it's a matter of you know how to to what degree are you doing it i think excellence is sexy and and getting the job done i think you're yeah sure i agree sexy. with you
0: 100 percent. and you've got all this technology like you were talking about that is actually flourishing in this business and it has been for a number of years and now it's really coming to the forefront with the new technologies and the robotics and the ai and machine learning etc right
3: yeah yeah totally and you know when we first started it, uh, it we're we're coming into season two of the the podcast next month. And when we first started it, we never dreamed that uh, Waymo, we had Google's automated trucking outfit, Waymo, reach out to us and say, "Hey, we wanted to we, we want to be on your show and talk about you know the stuff that we've got going on over here with automated trucking. And we were like, uh, oh, yeah, sure." So <laughs> we got to you know talk trucking with you know somebody on the very forefront. Um, of you know what's what's coming around the or coming around the corner in the next decade of automated trucks, and they're talking to us about how you know in the future the Gen Zs of today, the next generation. I mean, you might be able to run a fleet from a laptop, and you know have it be safer than anything that's on the road today. It's it's a crazy thing to think about.
1: Yeah. If you just think about the supply chain as a bunch of brokers, you are selling it very, very short. And I mean, some places do only focus on that, but uh, there's a much wider scope. As we talked about robotics, you can talk about AI, talk about alternative fuels. We've had nickel on, we've had Hylian on, uh, look at Tesla, look what they're doing with SpaceX. Look at Mark Weiss that we've had on from NASA. There, if you want to be a part of supply chain, there are a ton of different roads and you can be the like a Lego playing nerd like me, right? You get involved in the space side of it. You can get involved in the alternative fuel side. There's there's so much cool stuff that's happening out there. What um we have uh, the the carrier summit coming up August 19th and 20th. I know that Sadie from Cdl Life is talking to our own Andrew Cox about how carriers can go about recruiting young people to work for them. What kind of question do you think if you had to get if you could throw one question in there, what would it be? A question to for a, Andrew, a say, no. For Andrew to ask Sadie, what do you? What's one topic do you think they should talk about during the summit about recruiting young people? What's one thing you don't think people talk enough about? Man, I
3: think uh, enough people don't talk about like how how they are reaching out to their local community, how carriers are reaching out to their local community, and getting involved uh, with their local community to uh, attract younger people who are you know like like me. For for me, I don't have a. I'm not college educated. Um, so, you know, I, I visited college, but I didn't really have, you know, I had to chart my own (laughs) path into, into marketing. Um, but maybe if I had a trucking company in my, you know, local area or community that was coming, that, that was, that I was aware of, you know, and I understood a little bit more about, you know, what they do every day. If it was in my face, uh, there, there was a little bit more outreach and I could actually meet some, some of these great people that we get to meet on a daily basis um, maybe I'd be more inclined to, to join the ranks. So I would be asking, you know, what, what more could carriers do to, to kind of humanize the truck and stop making it seem so, um, distant when it's literally right down the road. Every, every city has so many trucking companies that could really be doing a lot more to, uh, get the younger generation involved.
1: I, I have to agree with you. And a lot of it comes to actually talking to the drivers themselves. We try to get as many as we can on the show. I'd love to have some younger ones on. You know, we have some some stalwarts who give us their point of view from the road, like the Wayne Crags. They are veterans, man. They're road warriors. They've been doing this stuff for a long time. I'd love to, uh, I would love to have carriers sent. I know Warner sent a, a young gentleman in who was in his first year a couple of months ago to us, but uh, we would love more access to just drivers and doing that outreach. And uh, I think that's something we're going to, Michael Vince and I would be more than happy to to work towards and to continue those conversations moving forward. Aaron, for h- how do people learn more? How do they find out about people PDQ and about your podcast. Yeah, go to.
3: uh I mean, just type in "trucking for millennials" and you'll definitely find us. Subscribe. We're on you know every podcast platform. I have a special request. Um, we we have been played in you know on every state in the United States so far except for Vermont, Alaska, and Hawaii. So I'm just asking if you live in those three states, I'd love to just cover up the U.S. so I could you know, that, that would be great. But, uh, yeah, so we're on every podcast platform. You can find us at PDQ America and, uh, give us a shot. I mean, we, we, we just had a great conversation. One, one, uh, our, our show that's coming up on Monday is with a hotshot driver that is, uh, that started just about 18 months ago. So, I mean, we're, we're talking with all kinds of people all the time that are, that are doing really cool things and, uh, you're, you're guaranteed to learn something for sure
1: send them our way send them our way we'll, we will talk to them and uh, i have a request to everyone out there if you know anyone I'm on mongolia so we've been played in every u.s state most most every country except mongolia so if you know someone in mongolia <laughs> you're walking through mongolia just please play what the truck so i can get or, or freight cast and get just let me get it <laughs> off the board right michael vincent we we need it and then amen yeah, a, a,
0: a, a i wasn't gonna brag or anything uh aaron but we are in all 50 states and and most countries and i believe we're number one in poland
1: Yes. Well, no. We're in the we're we're ranked in the uh, the business news, the all time business news. news okay, we're business number thirteen news, business news That's in what Poland we're. and in the United States. We're on that we're on that chart too. Not fourteen, yep. but we're on that chart. We're in the top fifty. We we're there. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today, man. We appreciate it. By the way, yeah, I like, man, thanks. Anytime. I love your T-shirt. I love your T-shirt in the uh, in the graphic that we got up. Your color graphic. I do. Right, right it's on. so soft. It's so nice. Yeah, get, get, sell it for us. Go to com and get get, <laughs> get one for yourself. Look like Aaron Dunn, my my young friend over here. Take it easy, brother. Take care. Wow. Good stuff out of Aaron Dunn. Sharp, kid man. I met him at Gats uh, last year when we could when we could go to Gats. They had their their booth going on. They said, "Hey, we're doing this podcast." And I'm always happy to. I can, I start out independent, so I'm always happy to help out other podcasts, especially in the beginning. Talks to people on there, yeah. get them off their feet, bring the community up. If they ever have advice on here, and look, uh, you know, podcasting is is fun. But I think some people looking from the outside, the, they might think the process is a little bit different than it is. It's a uh, you know, it's a grind. I actually put a post on it. It's a grind. You gotta it's, it's like anything. You gotta work if you want to build a network. You want to get it out there. You gotta work a whole bunch. Right, Michael Vincent? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. It is definitely a grind. And if you can get out there and help them, i hey, more power to you. And for somebody who's putting out there the information and exposing the exciting things that are happening in our industry, amen. Do it. I uh, have
3: the bad
1: news and good news. Girl. Good news, Michael Vincent. R.E.I. just completed two-year—there's two-year HQ build-out in Bellevue, Washington. That was supposed to be that Pandora, like Pandora from—what from, uh, from what is that movie, Avatar? From the, Why are they making nine of those movies anyway? I don't know anyone who's sitting around waiting for those. <laughs> but, I don't know. <laughs> well, they wanted to make it like Pandora, but then they thought better of it because COVID-19 happened. They were going to make the most lovely campus around. It was just about to open in August. And then guess what happens? Is the morning brew put it, bad news. HQ2 is rapidly turning to HQ0. People trying to offload properties. REI is being one of them. Haven't even moved in. They're like, you know what? We don't need this place. Uh, they, they said their president and CEO, Eric Anz. he said in a video call with employees, the dramatic events of 2020 have challenged us to re-examine and rethink every aspect of our business and many of the assumptions of the past. As a result, our new experience of a, of a Pandora headquarters will be very different than the one we imagined that a few years ago. They're going to instead do a much smaller one or uh, much smaller footprints across the puget sound but there's impact here uh seattle mayor jenny durkin she addressed the impact and she was talking about how you know they were expecting these employees to come here and buy a lot of stuff from the local community but now with everyone remote that changes what downtown cores are going to look like yeah
0: absolutely it's going to be difficult for those in many cities are going to find it very difficult uh in these times as as things move. Um, Good news, though. Coronavirus has had a positive impact on public sentiment towards truckers, Dooner. Oh. I'm sure you've experienced this. Thank you, According to a Mason-Dixon poll conducted to uh, conducted in July, 84% of Floridians have a positive attitude towards truck drivers these days versus a mere 57% prior to the pandemic. The poll also discovered that both women and young people have realized the worth of truck drivers during this global crisis as well, with their positive feelings up by 32% and 30% Respectively reported the Palm Beach Post Little cowbell there, Duner, for our our truck drivers Everybody should appreciate them, I'm sure But the bad news here It took a pandemic to get those gains And 6% of people in Florida have maintained their negative or somewhat negative attitudes So there's 6% of the population that just don't get it, Duner
1: they hate truckers. There's like, I hate, I hate truckers, 6% of the Floridians. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like a huge number. I mean, fortunately, like it's only 6%, right? And the big gains, I st- would seem to offset that. So I think that's a, a fair enough, you know, good news, bad news, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's fair enough. I mean, it's a good thing. It's it's unfortunate that a pandemic caused this, but hey, let's ride that wave and uh, let's get public sentiment on our uh, side here and improve the conditions for our truck drivers and our supply chains.
1: Hank Wiley, CTP. So true. College isn't for everyone. And there is a ton of untapped talent in the local community college. Yeah. Or outside. That's one of the great things about supply chain. It's one of those places that you didn't necessarily. it's like a second chance, or third chance hotel for a lot of people, but you can still make a great career out of it. Um, Alright, moving forward, we got one more here. A Tennessee good news. A Tennessee woman received her driver's license in the mail. That's always a great moment, right, Michael Vincent? You get your new license. Right on, man. You hope the picture, you hope the picture doesn't look too bad, right?
0: Yeah, that's right? I've had some, well, my current loan, I wouldn't show you either.
1: Well, uh, I got some bad news for you. For one lady, it came back with a picture of an empty chair. She got her Tennessee driver's license back in the mail. Her name is Jade Dodge. She told CNN affiliate WRKN that I was with my mom and we were going to eat lunch. And I said, you need to see this. This isn't right. The lady at the DMV did not really believe me. And I was like, hey, I need my license fixed. So... When the customer recently, the the DMV says in a statement, when uh, the customer recently renewed her driver's license online, she received an image of a chair because that was the last picture taken on file. Dot has a sense of humor about that, uh, the ordeal, and so does her boss. Every time her boss sees us now, he says, uh, she says, my boss thinks it's funnier than everyone. I was at work Friday, and he pointed to a chair outside of the office door was like, oh, I thought that was you. I waved to it this morning, and uh, I was like, thanks. So, I don't know, it's a chair. <laughs> <laughs> improvement for some people, myself included, if you see my driver's license picture.
0: Yeah Yeah, an improvement for mine as well. You know, I, I'm the type of person who probably would have just kept it and used it as a joke sometime and then when I need actually needed it, I would have realized that no, I need to get that fixed, right? Show up at uh, show up at the airport and show them that ID,
1: right? Dude, if that's not fe- gonna happen. If that feeds some sort of like NSA database, that's gonna screw up all like the facial recognition cameras that are moving around like this. They're, they're seeing this lady in every DMV. <laughs> exactly right. She's in every DMV. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> well they're everywhere they they did they did they did fix it for her so she does have that going for her now she has a nice keepsake if they allow her to to keep it i would expect nonetheless from the great state of tennessee <laughs> uh, oh, Andy's, yeah. Andy's Push the, a hole through it. Give it back to her. Andy's in the comments. He says, Thank you, Freightways, for the coverage. You guys rock. And thank you for the awesome friends for donating to the Sierra Leone Food Relief Project and for joining the ATTACA. Of course, coming up tomorrow on Freightways Radio, we got John Brewer from CK Restaurants talking about fast food logistics, what people are eating on the road. Drivers will be excited about that one. Tyler Robertson from Diesel Laptops, Diagnostics Made Simple. With that fella, Ingrid Brown's going to give us her view from the cab. And uh put that coffee down. Great question quarter guys, Kevin Hill will also be uh, be with us. He's going to run through the news, and that's going to be good stuff. We'll uh, Monday and want the truck, right? shortened episode, only going to be a half hour. It's uh, You ever watch ESPN see their pregame shows? We're going to have a pregame show for the Carrier Summit that's coming up. We'll walk you through all the segments, yeah. sessions, what to be prepared for, what to be expect. Again, it's live, free, virtually, live.freightwaves.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner, that's D-O-O-N-E-R, or on LinkedIn, keep the conversation going, or Vincent the Dude, you can find him on the Twitter or Michael Vincent on LinkedIn. Download FreightWaves TV app and you can watch every one of these Freight Waves videos. Subscribe to this on your favorite podcast player of choice. Look up What the Truck or if you want every single FreightWaves podcast, including the Midday Market Update, freecast.